Hey everyone, I'm Amadali Yakbar and this is See Something Say Something. Ramadan is coming up next week. So we decided to ask on a nutritionist who can answer all of your questions. If you see something, you better, you better say something. Nothing at all, nothing at all. So it feels like every year I ask people, how are you preparing for Ramadan? And I'm like, when is it? <laughs> it's like in a month or two weeks or 10 days or whatever. Uh, it really creeps up on you. And we're only about seven days away from the first day of Ramadan. Um, so I want to take a moment to like start thinking about how I can prepare and you guys can prepare as an audience uh, for Ramadan. And we're going to be talking a lot about um, you know eating, nutrition, modifying your diet. So if you have an eating disorder or just talking about food makes you uncomfortable, you might want to skip out. You know, we're just talking about general advice about how to make it through fasting every day and the kind of things you can modify with your eating. But still. So I'm joined by Noor Zibde. She's the author of The Detox Way, and she is an integrative functional nutritionist and coach. Welcome, Noor. Thank you for having me. You might recognize some of her work from stuff on BuzzFeed.com that she did in collaboration with Sally Tamarkin um, about like how to like keep yourself full with a suhoor meal and different tips and strategies. So I thought it would be really good to just like have a conversation and also ask her some of your uh, listener-submitted questions. So, Noor, can you tell us first what exactly do you do? What is a nutritionist? Okay, so I'm a dietitian and nutritionist, and I am based in Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Um, what I really do on a day-to-day basis is fix people's guts and digestive mm. system. So a lot of the patients and my clients I work with have bloating, stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of times that leads to fatigue and low energy, migraines, headaches, food sensitivities. So this is my hardcore dive deep into my patient's health and figure out what's wrong, what's the root cause of their problem and, you know, getting them to feel great in their bodies and not have all these digestive issues, which can really disrupt someone's life. um, uh, Yeah, on a day-to-day basis. So you also have that cultural sensitivity of working with Muslim clients. What are some general advice and tips you give to folks who are fasting for Ramadan about, like, how to feel good during that month? So let's um, be clear that it's not easy. So Mm -hmm. we're going to be fasting for 16 hours without water, without um, coffee for people. I I love coffee. And so it's not easy. So I don't think there is something that would make it a a very breeze. Um, So one of the things I help, you know, encourage people to do if you are a coffee drinker, if you or drink a lot of tea, which also has caffeine or energy drinks, to start to taper your mm-hmm. coffee intake. Mm-hmm. If you end up with a caffeine withdrawal headache, you can take a um, like pain medication or something, but when you're fasting, you, you can't do that. Right, right. So it might be easier to kind of back off or if you drink maybe two or three cups of coffee to just limit it to the morning and then kind of giving your body some time to adjust. In general, like outside of Ramadan, I actually don't recommend that people eat too frequently. And that's something that maybe the health industry um, recommended that you eat every two hours. It boosts your metabolism. 
I don't really think there's not enough evidence to show that. Mm -hmm. And then when you're used to eating every two hours, then you're not um, accustomed to feeling a little bit of hunger. Right, so right, that right. hunger, when it comes in Ramadan, it's it's not it's not a, a feeling that you're used to. So it's okay to go four hours without eating. You know, if you have a good, healthy, balanced meal. Um, you know, um, throughout the year, you really want to at least have 12 hours between dinner and breakfast the next day. And that just trains your body that it's okay to be without food. It's actually a lot of studies on longevity and improved detox and gut function when we don't eat. Um, mm. You know, at night, we give your body that 12-hour right. rest. There are some benefits to fasting scientifically as well, yes. even though it can be a challenge. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us some of the benefits of fasting? So I, I have to be honest with you. When I first became a dietitian, in a lot of what we learned is that you have to eat every four hours and fasting is harmful. I felt like a like a conflict there is like what my religion is telling me I should fast. Mm. And I believe that... You know, I my faith is like I don't think we we are not supposed to do a lot of things that hurt and damage our body. Mm -hmm, so how are mm -hmm. we asked to do something that my science or my books are telling me it's you know bad for me? Right now, wow. of course, there are cases when people have like severe migraines or like ulcers and, and medical issues. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about you know, a generally healthy person. And um, so that was like for a few years, like, you know, I'm doing the fasting, but it's like, what is the science telling me? And recently in the past few years, there's a lot of um, research that's coming back on intermittent fasting, which there are different ways to do it. But one of the ways is to not eat for 16 hours. And that's, that's a fast. That's, exact, that's a fast. That's a full it, fast. Right exactly. There. And then there is one of the intermittent fasting research in books is the two five method, which is to fast two days right. or go 16 hours without fasting, which makes me think like, I mean, that's part of the prophet, uh, peace be upon him, practice is to fast two days of the week. So it's just kind of like a light bulb huh. that like turned on. I was like, wait, like we've been doing this for years, you know, thousands of years. And so, um, you know, there's a lot more research coming on intermittent fasting showing that it actually can improve blood sugar and cholesterol levels. Um, my patients who feel like um, their weight is stuck and they're not able to lose weight when we do even maybe two or three days of um, fasting. Now, for that, we're not necessarily fasting in the day. We're fasting dinner to the next meal, like to the next breakfast. So you count 16 hours afterwards. Um, we're seeing that their weight is improving, um, visceral fat, which is the fat around the belly. Mm -hmm. um, it also helps with digestion because your digestive tract has to go through you know, cleaning or sweeping motion right. um, to detox and clean all the waste and the whatever is left in your gut. And so a lot of research on longevity um, with intermittent fasting. So we want to, we don't want to just live longer. We want to be healthier and more productive as we age. And so um, that's one of the things where I'm like, you know, I'm excited um, to find that the research is matching something right. I believe in. So well, that's kind of cool. What also is interesting about it, I think, is like there is a real sense that there's something healthy about it and, and good, um, both like as a Muslim and from the health industry. But I think the way... A lot of people do it, including myself, is you, you know, wake up and you eat whatever's in the fridge. Maybe it is like a little healthier, like you eat your eggs and your, you know, butter and like, you know, whatever that kind of stuff. 
Um, but when you break your fast, mm-hmm. you're eating lots of fried food, lots of meat, some sugar with some fruit salad or some, you know, like fimto or whatever it yeah, is, you know, depending yeah. on the culture, you eat something that's like, it, it's it's a combination of sugar, fried food and meat usually. Yes. Yeah. So what is your advice for that cycle? Because it doesn't, it's fun, obviously, <laughs> but it probably is not very good for you. And it, it always feels like a little a little, a little swingy when I, when I do it. Yeah. And when you're fasting, you feel like you can eat all the things and you just want a big spread of food. And I grew up in an Arab um, household and where we had, you know, the sambusik and the, the pastries and all these yeah. things. And so, um, yes, I mean, that is a shocking your system with a whole lot of sugar and yeah. fat and fried foods. So, I mean, here's... Which is a, more calories usually than your body can digest in one, um, like, I mean, properly, right? Prob- Probably, yes. So, you know, a lot of people break their fast with juice and you really don't need juice because, um, you know, if you have a piece or, you know, a date, if it's um, like the big dates, I say just one or maybe the three of the smaller ones with water, that's enough. Dates are going to have the minerals, the nutrients Mm. and the sugar to get your blood sugar up. But you don't need dates plus the juice. Carbonated beverages, they can um, create some, you know, stomach upset or indigestion. Same things with fried foods. We know that fried foods slow down your digestion and food stays longer in the stomach. And so that's why, like, if you eat a lot of, um, like, samosas or fried, you know, pastries, you're going to feel like things are stuck and right, you're feeling right. uncomfortable. That heavy feeling. Yes. Yeah. And that then I like, get every night of Ramadan. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you have the fluid and then the food and it's all on top of each other and, and you're just not going to be able to digest things. And that's the food coma that, you know, a lot of times that we have and it's really hard to get up. You feel like you need a nap right. after you break your fast. So I wanted to also open the floor a little bit, and we have a bunch of listener-submitted questions for you. Let's go for it, yeah. Uh, what's the, <laughs> This question just made me laugh when I saw it. But also, I relate. What's the best way to counter bad breath when you're fasting? I tried brushing three times a day, but still am I just a monster? <laughs> um, stay away from people. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't like, you yeah. know, keep your distance from people who are not fasting because they may not understand. Your Muslim fellows, they know, they get it. But this is the smell of ketone bodies. Your body is burning fat for energy. So um, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Ketosis. So I never realized that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, making sure you're brushing, you're flossing, all those dental hygiene. But yeah. It's not gonna stop. Yeah, but, it's yeah. like perfu- It's like putting perfume on a on a turd. Yeah, I mean, and one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, but it's the truth. I mean, you can try to reduce the amount of garlic that you eat and onion at night, so at yeah. least like it's not very strong flavor. But um, there will be some sort of breath from fasting, so it's normal. How do I not gain weight but still be able to stuff myself with pakoras and samosas every night? <laughs> like okay. more people ask that. So I had a mentor once who told me, you can do anything but not everything. So with those mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. how do I lose weight while eating pakoras and every night? So you kind of have to choose, right? Like if you want to lose weight, if this is important to you, and it's important to you to eat the the appetizers the way they are traditionally made. So one way is you can bake them, right, instead mm-hmm. of, of like deep frying. And then some people will say, well, that doesn't taste good. 
And my answer would be like, fine, then have it two or three times a week, not every day. So right, you have to make right. some compromise at this point. And you know what? The pakoras and the samosas and the sambusik, they're not going to disappear from the face of the earth. So you can still have them later. You don't have to eat two or three a night. So maybe just eating them two or three times during the week. Um, maybe if you can't resist at social gatherings, have them out, but not at home. So, yeah, you, you got to choose. You got to choose what, what's important to you. <laughs> um, yeah. This is from Salima. She said, studying during Ramadan and fasting. How do I do that? <laughs> you know, what should I eat for breakfast to maintain my ability to focus on studying during Ramadan? Because I'm already dying and it's not even Ramadan yet. Mm, interesting. Studying during Ramadan. Um, I mean, the, the same question goes for like, you know, working, like being productive, mm-hmm. being able to focus. Um so it's it's finding like when is your best time in the day and for some people like when ramadan used to come in the winter i would you're if i'm fasting in the winter i would you know wake up have my suhoor and Mm -hmm. stay up Mm -hmm. right now you kind of don't want to do that at 4 a.m it's still still super early to start your day um if some people feel like they have the option to study at night. So if you, you know, break your fast, you know, you go to prayer and you can study at night and then get some sleep in, Mm -hmm. um, adjust your schedule, then that is one possibility. Um, You know, your circadian rhythm and and it's better to sleep at night and wake up in the daytime, daylight. So that's one option if you have the, um, the flexibility. Now, a lot of people, you know, have to be in their jobs or they have to be in school or classes nine to five or to regular schedule so that may not be an option you know i suggest um you know i mean it's it's not easy but if you feel tired like wake up um, try to see if you can get a walk outside sometimes motion gives you a little bit of energy washing your face Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. washing your arms or Mm -hmm. your hands uh, with some cool water Um, maybe if you can like take a you know instead of a lunch break take a quick nap where you can go to your car to a calm place in your office or um, just a kind of sometimes a 20 30 minute nap will just give you a little bit of energy doing some light jumping jacks or jumping you know just motion right, like right. having blood go through your body switching it up basically y- exactly like, not just yeah sitting I mean, there yeah and you know sometimes like they do some studies they find that people like when they go to a, get a 2 p.m coffee break it's not always the coffee it's that they need to get mm, up out of their desk and interesting talk to someone change change a little bit of motion so maybe you know we can't have food so we just have right. to look at alternatives so this is something i did a little research on after getting this question how should a woman with polycystic ovary syndrome aka pcos approach ramadan how does fasting affect hormone levels and the menstrual cycle and what's the best way for a woman using diet to control her pcos to approach her fast wow that pcos that needs a a very comprehensive approach so with pcos the number one most important thing is to manage blood sugar Mm. again like this is a really a medical heavy question like what is that person or anybody with pcos eating anyways before ramadan um so basically they should go to a professional probably yeah i mean we managing blood sugar is really important so if it's someone whose blood sugar really drops to a point where they're feeling dizzy and shaky um you know maybe that's a conversation with their medical providers is do they need to adjust their medications because sometimes they're on metformin which is a blood sugar medication so it's really hard for me to answer that 
um, if they, their blood sugar doesn't drop. I mean, there's a lot of people who are able with diabetes and blood sugar issues able to fast. Um, so making sure that you're not overeating sugars, um, you know, good quality protein, high mm-hmm. he- healthy fats, um, you know, carbohydrates, making sure like they're whole grains and, and vegetable sources as well too. But that person, um, they, they're, I'm more than happy if they want to reach out to me and, you know, I can answer them right. in length, yeah. So Fatima said, I'm prone to headaches and migraines. What can I do diet-wise to help avoid them during fasts? And also, how do I deal with caffeine withdrawals? Okay, so caffeine withdrawal, I would say try to quit caffeine before if there's enough time to reduce it before Ramadan. Um, Making sure that you're hydrated throughout the evening. You know, common caffeine had or migraine triggers are like MSG, too much sodium. So also paying attention to the things that you're eating at night. Mm-hmm. Um, magnesium can help reduce caf- uh, migraines and headaches. So looking for, um, I would say like a magnesium supplement and um, okay. Okay. that would be a good option. Suhoor or iftar or both? Um, either way. Either yeah. way is fine. So magnesium can reduce migraines and headaches. Um, you know, cutting on the processed foods, the high sodium foods and nuts, sometimes too much pecan and almonds can cause um, caffeine um, headaches as well. Interesting. Um, do you think a ketogenic diet would help curb hunger while fasting from Jami? I'm also curious about this. Is it actually... Um, yeah, so... Is it dangerous because it's such, so, such a restrictive diet? So what happens with ketogenic diets is that you're training your body to burn fat for energy, not glucose for energy. And so then your body gets more efficient at using your own fat stores to get energy throughout the day as opposed to depending on the glucose that's coming from the the carbohydrates in your meals. So in theory, it actually being on a ketogenic diet is supposed to help you um, with the fast. Ketogenic diets is not for everyone. Some people with adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues may not be able to tolerate it. So it just has to be really individual. Try it, I say, and and Mm -hmm. see how you do. Shadi asked, what are the elements each meal should have to be nutritionally sound for those trying to maintain or lose weight or gain muscle? Also, how to prevent spikes of blood sugar? Um, What are some fasting food staples and foods to avoid? Okay. Lots of questions. So, there. okay. So here's the thing. The the simple thing, like I like visuals. So the simple thing I tell people, if you have a plate in front of you, half of your plate needs to be vegetables. And that's not potatoes or beans or lentils. I'm talking about non-starchy vegetables. Things like spinach, zucchini, green beans, um, tomato, salad. Um, so, for example, you can have um, vegetable soup to start your meal with, or you can have a side salad that takes a good portion of your meal. And then the other half, you want to divide it between a protein and a carbohydrate. So mm-hmm. that could be um, some chicken and some rice or potato. It can be like beef or fish. Um, you know, mixed dishes, like if you're doing like a curry or like a dal, like it's it's it can be complicated. But I just tell someone, if you're having lentil dal with the bread, and potatoes on the side, that's carbohydrates on top of carbohydrates, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. really not a balanced meal. So you want to get the vegetables. Just in terms of the macros of what you're trying to get, yeah. fat and protein. And yeah, that, like right? I'm trying to do like half of your plate vegetables and the other half is going to be fats, I mean protein and carbohydrates, and then add some fats for like a dressing or to saute. Um, so that should be general guideline for um, eating. Um, well, here's a question I have. Uh, what is your suggestion for maintaining your exercise routines during Ramadan. I have never successfully kept my like gym habit going during Ramadan except for 
when I was in high school and I had to play soccer, mm. uh, which was a long time ago now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not easy. And we know like some um, football high school in Dearborn that they switched their practice to night. To Fortson. Be able, There's yeah. a documentary about them. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool that they're able to do that. So let's face it. You probably won't be able to maintain the same intensity if you haven't exercised before. This is not the time to start. But if somebody who's conditioned to exercise are more able to keep up with it. I would say um, if you're able to like maybe doing uh, a walk or a run right before you break your fast, um, you know, you know, light jog, because then you're able to refuel immediately afterwards. And, and that will also motivate you to eat healthy. Right. So doing that or maybe at night after like um, prayers, like an hour after eating, like if you can fit that in. Um, I don't recommend, you know, early in the morning or like noonish because it's going to be eight hours before it's at least before it's time to eat. And that can actually cause muscle breakdown. So, um, you know, if you can fit it at night and if you can just trying your best to be active or maybe just doing some push-ups and squats and things that help, you know, some resistance training, but it's not very um, intense. And somebody wanted to know, what do you think of breaking your fast with bullet coffee, which is like fat and coffee combined? Mm-hmm. Bulletproof coffee, yes. Um, you know, I, I just feel like your body needs nutrients. So I, I'm i not against the bulletproof coffee, but I feel like, you know, just let's get some fluids in, more mm-hmm. like soup and water. Um, let's get some, you know, most people are not going to be able to maintain a ketogenic way of eating. So I, I kind of want to promote more a balanced, lower carbohydrate, choosing healthy carbohydrates, cut back the sugars. I think it's more realistic. Right. And so I think for me, you know, I want I want more nutrients and more food, and maybe you can have that coffee for suhoor, right? Because then it might help you um, sustain your fast. Right. We actually have a lot more listener submitted questions, but that's all we have time for. So yeah. thank you for answering them. I'm well, sure thank they'll you. be very useful. Yeah. Uh, Noor, where can people find you in your work? So my website is the best way to find me. So it's my first and last name, noorzibde.com. Uh, Noor is N-O-U-R. And I'm on Facebook. And you can just search Noor Zibde Nutrition. And you can also follow me. I do weekly videos on Facebook. And, um, you know, I try my best to put out some good information out there. So. And side note, Noor actually put together three days of a suhoor meal plan for me and another writer here at BuzzFeed, Ikran. And there will be a video out where uh, we, you know, go walk through that meal plan a little bit and see how the suhoor that yeah, might work yeah. for us. So. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it was like. Me too. Mm-hmm. This episode was produced by Megan Dichi, Rona Akbari, Julia Ferlin, Cece Allen, and me. Additional production support from the Pod Squad. Our music is by The Caminas. You can find them at caminas.bandcamp.com. Find me on Twitter at RadBrownDads and on Tumblr. Follow the show on Twitter and watch our videos on Facebook. Email us at something at buzzfeed.com. Find my writing at also buzzfeed.com. Leave us a review on iTunes so more people can find us. 